Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, we were joined by Andy Brassel, fresh from the news that Barcelona were in more financial trouble than anybody could have imagined. And he explained the whole thing, didn't he? Yeah. We uh, went through uh, the week's football, the weekend's football, from our point of view. We yeah. had a chat about that. We looked at that. Uh, we also spoke to Hector Nunn, something you should never do outside a convent, as we always say. And uh, Hector told us about uh, a, a kind of grudge snooker match tonight, which might uh, pique the interest of the Hollywood screenwriters. And Jason Byrne, comedian, friend of the show, Manchester United fan, joined us too. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Shake off my cricket anger. Yeah, I think you were. You certainly in the office got all the swearing out your system, I think, so you won't be doing that on air, which oh, took some doing. Well, we talked to John about that. Anyway, great to be back. Uh, yeah. Friday night at Brentford. So mm. enjoyable. Uh, the listeners don't know Andy has bought, only bought season ticket for Brentford when they were still in the Championship, but because there was no football last year, the added bonus now is that they are a Premier League side. Yeah, I, t- I took a punt. Yeah. I don't, don't <clears throat> want to watch Championship football every yeah. week, but I thought, and it, it took me about six minutes to get there. I mean, it's quite Handy. Oh, it's definitely the local what, walking. Well, no, driving <clears throat> walking is about <clears throat> half an hour. Right. But yeah, it was, it, it's an it's an architectural miracle the way they've sandwiched this stadium where they've put it, and uh, and it's just a great atmosphere. And we'll talk about Arsenal later with John Cross. They they were poor, mm. but the the fans were great. There was oh, sitting next to this old boy, and he he said. It's great not to have posts because you don't think of that. You, know, yeah. you sat there all the time at Griffin Park with, with posts, posts in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And then on Saturday at the bridge, and mm. uh, that that was different, of course. Mm. You know, that's special for me. And seeing all all the people that you always sit with was great. Yeah. You know, there was of, that little bit of trepidation, wasn't there, because of what that, the virus? A lot, of, you know, a lot of people sadly had lost their lives. And around where we sit, there's some a few regulars, and they're of a certain age. And until you got back there, I think a lot of people probably felt that this weekend. You didn't know what to expect. You know, you were just hoping there wasn't going to be an empty seat or something. We did have one empty seat that we felt that possibly, you know, somebody had tried to get in touch with him and it it didn't look good, but hopefully he'll be there. But but otherwise, everybody else was there and uh, uh, quite a few weight gainers. I won't (laughs) name them. (laughs) Really? So people had looked different? One particular fellow, blimey, I can believe it. And, uh, well, you know, it's lockdown. Another fellow (laughs) did a bit of an Andy Goldstein. He'd obviously grown his hair during lockdown and thought it looked good. Okay. That's a real midlife crisis. Well, look, if you experience the same thing, if, if people have come back, if you haven't seen someone for 18 months and you see him every other week, um, what mm. shocks uh, awaited you? Andy's got a sort of uh, people who've stuck some weight on and uh, some long hair, so <laughs> let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H&J 
Text to 81089 or tweet to TSHNJ. The best one, though, was walking past mm. this bloke. He was on his phone and he's saying to this person, Oh, John, John yeah, he's forgot his ticket. You think, mm. Oh, do us a favour. Yeah. <laughs> you can be for 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty that's of time for ridic- prepare. That's yeah. ridiculous, that honestly. Crazy. Well done, mate. Anyway, somebody's sister had to bring it down. Oh, dear. So, uh, well, you got the full story there, didn't you? <laughs> I did. So, well, somebody's sister had to bring it down. Yeah, that's me. I'm an you observer che- of life. You are. You're very much checking it all out. And, yeah. uh, I, I just wondered, though, watching your game, and I'm sure you'll talk about it, it was mm. a great atmosphere as well at, at Tottenham. Um, do you think any, watching on telly, do you think anyone missed not having the crowd sound? Mm. You know, that's yeah. a, you know, a put, red button option of no, no crowd. <laughs> the you just cut the crowd out and oh, watch I'm it missing dry. that echoey silence. Yeah. No, it was, it, was great, it was great to be back there, and uh, it was a good atmosphere there yesterday. I was just thinking you could see... I mean, so many players have said it, so many managers have said it, and you could see that the players rose to it, you know, the way that the kind of games flowed yeah. in different directions, and that was brilliant. It was brilliant to be back, and, uh, yeah, look, let's just hope we can keep going. I mean, I've got to be honest, There was. I, mean, I know that Tottenham are, were planning to do spot checks, and I know a lot of clubs are, but, I mean, we didn't get asked... That uh, we asked, they had, they show, had to show our tickets twice going in, but um, there was nobody asking to see a vaccination really? we had records. To show us Brentford, no, you <clears throat> didn't have to show anything. Chelsea, you had to show your vaccination certificate, yeah, or a test. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's I think what Tottenham said as long as some other companies they'd have spot checks, and I'm sure there were people uh, checked. So you have to be prepared to show it. Um, but uh, we weren't, we weren't asked to show it to get in. And uh, it was great watching match of the day, a full match of the mm. day. And also, like uh, our boss Lee was saying, you know, to have round the grounds with a proper yeah. you know, five or six, three yeah, o'clock. Yeah, I was listening to Adrian yeah, and the yeah. guys on Saturday. It was great, very good. Great stuff, you know. So, yeah, we've missed it. We missed it and uh, we, we, we compensated and we struggled through the season and we sort of said it was okay, but we knew really it wasn't and that kind of proved it. The other factor, I think, that you know, because it's funny how people go for a, you know, say, oh, I think Chelsea will win it or I think United will win it or yeah. whatever. I think it's absolutely impossible to pick out of the top four, let, mm. let alone the mm. Leicesters and the Tottenham's and the teams like that that will be challenging West mm. Ham. You know, but out of that top four, it's very difficult to look at them and say, this one's definitely going to win the title. And injuries are such a fact. I mean, look at Liverpool last year. You know, you get a van, an injury like to a Van Dyke, and that just throws everything out. Mm. It's, so it's a bit mad to predict what's going to happen at this stage. So if Bruno Fernandes was, I mean, God forbid, was to pick up a season-long well, injury, it. something like that, yeah, how much that would it. affect Manchester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil Custis has decided United have already won it. So you wanted you've, Until you've got they lose to lose a game, then he'll turn on a Ollie. You've got some <laughs> you've got some knee jerk uh, uh, mm. opinions, haven't you? We get a couple of those in. Everybody oh, does. Yeah. Everybody does these sort of uh, completely random knee jerk opinions on teams based on one game. So. Norwich. You might as well have written it. You might as well get in the Arrow Elite Galaxy voted best lightweight yo yo yo. It's class. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely going down. So that's right. Norwich are definitely going down. Southampton. Southampton, gone. they're gone. Gone. Okay, there's your two of your relegated sides. Oh, Who's uh, joining them? Oh, I don't know. Palace? <laughs> Palace. Palace, oh yeah, that's Palace. right. Just being completely <laughs> knee-jerked off the there back of one game. Of, that's a three or four moments in that game on Saturday <clears throat> where, yeah. you know, under Roy, they would have put the ball in the box. They're a big team, Palace. Mm. 
and they didn't. They just played it sideways. And it's all very well wanting to play football, but you've got to have footballers to play that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced. So Patrick Vieira gone by Christmas? I'd say so. There we are, another knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. So if you've got any more uh, completely <laughs> unfounded knee-jerk reactions to one game of football... <laughs> They're going to buy you. I think Spurs, Spurs are going to win the league. There we are. So, <laughs> perfectly balanced side, grit, determination and skill. I did feel they should turn out in old gold and black. They did look like wolves to me. <laughs> Well, it looks a lot like Wolves at their best. I oh, don't yeah, mind. no, I'm talking about yeah. Wolves at their best. I'm yeah, talking about yeah, Wolves yeah. last night. Wolves when they're playing very well under mm. Nuno. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time to take you around Europe now, look at all the big talking points. Uh, Andy Brassel, as always, is with us. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, we, look, we're going to kick off with our breaking news this morning. Joan Laporta, the president of Barcelona, giving another press conference, which another financial update, really. And uh, it was pretty grim stuff. I mean, every time he gets in front of a microphone, the, the figures are fairly terrifying, aren't they? Yeah, uh, you, you kind of think... Do I keep talking because the figure is getting bigger as I'm <laughs> I'm talking? Current debt, uh, one point uh, three six five billion. Wow, uh, which is like maybe towards half as much again as like the previous projection. Um, they've lost two hundred million more than they thought they were going to lose for this financial year in in January. Um, they still need to shave another two hundred million off the wage bill. Now, of course, we were wondering last week what sort of team they were going to have out for their first La Liga game last night against Real Sociedad because uh, they couldn't register anyone new despite Messi going because they were they were over the cap. Um, Gerard Piquet stepped in as as, as taken a cut, mm. um, which was trumpeted by Barcelona as we are going to be able to register our new players, followed by a statement from La Liga going, hang on, we haven't registered the cuts and we haven't registered the new players yet, so hold your horses. Um, after they'd publicly announced this. So then there was a little bit more of a, a cliffhanger to see if they would get it over the line. They did. Um, Memphis played, was excellent. Eric Garcia also played. Um, 
Barcelona won 4-2 opening goal obviously scored by Gerard Piquet mm-hmm. um, who we know is destined to be the president of, of Barcelona one day no exaggeration it's just he has that gravitas that understanding that connection of the club but it's still not quite over obviously because they have to continue to make these cuts but also because the post-match interview with Jordi Alba was very interesting yesterday he was very very defensive because he felt that because PK has publicly made the cut, it seems to be that there's a lot of pressure on him mm. and Busquets and some of the other players to do the same. Now, Laporta seemed like he was trying to take some of that pressure off today, saying we're still negotiating with the senior players in the squad. We've been talking to them. We're continuing to to talk to them. We're, we're, we're trying to take money off. He also reiterated that they won't be selling Frankie de Jong and Sufati, but in Laporta's words, the market is what it is. Therefore, they have a lot of unshiftable players. <coughs> so yeah. clearly something is going to have to give. Now, I'll be really interested to see what maybe happens later this week. Of course, Serie A starts next weekend with the possible move of Felipe Coutinho to Lazio, mm. maybe on loan, because of all the unshiftables, he seems maybe the least shiftable. Yeah. Because, of course, he's seen as possibly the worst transfer pound for pound in or euro for euro in Barcelona's history he's also on enormous wages that no one wants to take now Mm. Barcelona have been pretty firm all along we will not subsidise other players wages well if they're going to other clubs now the answer to that is well you're not going to shift any players then are you yeah of course so they clearly have to to give and if they end up paying 50% of Coutinho's wages maybe that shows a little bit of a willing and Mm. a little bit of a sense that we are going to actually get on with moving players on because it's something they've talked about, but not actually done so far. So whereas Laporta has inherited a very, very bad situation, people are starting to look more and more closely about his actual work or lack of it. Is he a bit of a rabbit in the headlights, despite yeah. really being this alpha leader? There were some banners around the camp, though, yesterday that were um, calling him a liar, etc., etc. He responded to that in kind by going through this letter of complaints from the previous president, Bartomeu, and calling him a liar. In fact, the first question he was asked in the press conference today, he gave a 28-minute answer. Blimey. 28 <laughs> minutes. Blimey. Well, that's one of Alan's. He was one Brilliant. of Alan's. Yeah, um, back to Andy in a moment. We're just going to head to Lords. Bit of news at Lords, John Norman. Yeah, India have declared mid-over, um, <laughs> which is, uh, I don't know if that's because of the conditions, which mm. are pretty bleak here. Or Virat Kohli just uh, trying to show uh, Joe Root who's boss. I'll tell you who has boss things. Mohamed Shami, 56, not out. Jasprit Bumrah, 34, not out. The two tailenders putting on 89 in 20 overs and uh, completely taking an England victory off the table. Unless, of <laughs> course, um, in a couple of minutes, instead of uh, Dominic Sibley and Rory Burns, we see Joss Butler and Sam Curran. You'd love to see it. Yeah, 298 for eight declared India. Yeah, mm. it's a shame because it would have been a great game. Yeah, that had it been, you know, 175, 200 it would have been a great afternoon. Yeah. Now I just hope it rains the whole <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> we need a biblical downpour. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in uh, Spain, one thing that st- stuck out for me was Eric Lamella, formerly of Spurs, went and scored two for Zafik, uh, Sevilla. I can't remember the last time. That's uh, amazing. I can't remember the last time Eric <laughs> Lamella scored two goals in a game for well, Tottenham. I think I saw that it, 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 it took him something like 70 games for, to score two. Were they both Spurs? were bonus. <laughs> the only other scores were bonus. Yeah. It was um, 
it was it was, it was quite an appearance and uh, really good for him. He looked as if he was enjoying himself. He came on a substitute in the second half and scored those two goals. First one with the aid of a massive deflection. Second one he tapped in after a, after a breakaway. But what happened in the first half was quite interesting in that there was um, Rave Ocano, their opponents, coming back up to the top flight. Uh, they have one Luka Zidane in goal oh. and the game broke open when he was sent off not for a um, headbutt was it no. <laughs> <laughs> he's still learning he's only young yeah. um, Idrissi the um, Sevilla winger dribbled around him and uh, Lucas Zidane grabbed him from behind grabbed his shirt and grabbed him around the midriff and then had the gall to complain no pun intended hmm. uh, <laughs> once um, once he, he was sent off and uh, the, the referee pointed to the penalty spot I mean wow. as I was pointing out last night to Danny on Trans Europe Express they do have 36 cameras in the stadium these yeah, days, even that. if it hadn't mm. been that obvious, and it was. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We're going to keep you in touch with events at Lords. Do we have to? England are six for two at the moment. Um, Asiba Mead and Every Joe Root are out Jonah there. Norman, yeah. <laughs> you lose a wicket. <laughs> it's not, you can't blame John for this. <laughs> so anyway, you said you made a load of notes about the football, a lot yeah. of it knee-jerk, yes. and we didn't get around all the games. No, so I, what was your note about Norwich? What did you no, think of Norwich? We talked a bit of Liverpool. Yeah, I told you about Norwich. They're basically the, they're the same as last time. They're definitely going down. Okay, right, there's your uh, knee-jerk. Yeah. What about Burnley-Brighton? What did you say? What did you uh, that that was the battle for 15th to 17th. <laughs> He's great. Really giving a lift to everybody. <laughs> I can't believe no one's in for Dwight O'Neill. He's a good player. I, I like... Um, I, I, for a man that worked in Scandinavia, it's taken him a, a year or so, or two years after leaving Scandinavia, to look properly Scandinavian. Have you noticed that? Graham yeah, does, Potter yeah. looks like Tor Heyerdahl. He's got, <laughs> he's got the sort of... He's got the sort of beard... That's a one for the teenagers. He's, he's got the sort of beard that you grow when you've been... Uh, you've been on a... See the Contiki? You've been adrift at sea for about two yeah, months. It's, it's a kind of it's that. He should, to think it's about like it. he goes he goes back into the dressing room and speaks to Wilson, his basketball. It's the look of a desert. It's a kind of desert island beard. I'm not and saying it's, so... it's unkempt. It's just got that look of someone who's on the deck of a ship with very dry, cracked lips <laughs> and no shirt on. It's true. Yeah. You're, you're so right about Jurgen Klopp as well. It, to me, he looks like a Blake. You know, when you just knock your glasses off, yeah, and they fall to the ground. You're sort of a bit like you know, and you look odd. Maybe that's he's what lost he looks them. like. I mean, we found out the other day he's had the laser eye surgery. They've been saying up there. Mm. Merseyside, but I, 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 I like this face frame with the glasses. But what's it got to do with me? Obviously, when they get wet or you know, it's a yeah. it's a pain from his point of view on the touchline. You know, with the old English winter, so he's, he he felt that was the best thing to do. But um, well, you know, I suppose that's true, really. Mm. But uh, yeah, I love that story about Timo Werner in the uh, Sun today. Yeah, that he, I mean, he's a good, he's obviously a nice guy, and the fans got behind him on Saturday which considering watching you in the flesh he's even worse than he is on watching him on telly but you know who knows and uh, he chased a lost dog for more than a mile only to end up defeated which is quite ironic because he normally looks like a dog chasing a balloon <laughs> <laughs> is that right I didn't know Timo Werner had chased a dog for a mile oh yes it was, was a lovely it his story. dog or somebody no, else's no. dog uh, Timo 25 set off after the terrier which was darting around in distress in a park oh. onlooker Vincent Cassidy 55 said don't know how they know that. Yeah. The man was obviously very fit and a fast runner. He's a professional footballer. Yeah, he's quick. Brilliant. But, I mean, the thing was, it took him 25 minutes, to, which meant he couldn't finish. He couldn't, you know. Yeah, he just but it might have taken uh, Romelu Lukaku about five minutes to get the dog. <laughs> the animal couldn't be caught. I thought the guy looked familiar. Then suddenly I said, that's Timo Werner. Yeah. <laughs> really, what, out loud like yeah. that? To the and the onlookers. dog stopped. <laughs> 
the dog couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's, let's see how he goes. I mean, the, it, it, it's a fr- frustrating player to watch, I mm. think. But there you go. What can you do? And uh, that was interesting from Brentford. You know what they do for their scouting? Not only do they scout in the way they scout with their sort of, you know, uh, Matthew Benham systems and all that that he's got, but they go on to say they're looking at a player from Leeds, for yeah. example. They'll go on Leeds's website, forums, fan forums, and they'll look at what the fans are saying about each player or the player that they're particularly looking at. Right. Because they think that the fans have a better idea of what a player is like. They see him all the time mm. than a scout that will go along there. And once. just make yeah. a snap and, and figures. It's, of course, not only about figures, you know. So yeah. I thought, what, blimey, that's amazing. I'm, oh, don't go on the Chelsea website, though. You'll get it, yeah. you'll get it all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, just, I mean, we've been talking about knee-jerk reactions to players, and even, you know, there was a few Chelsea fans, you said, on the forum, saying, oh, we don't want Lukaku, he's no good. Oh, yeah, I mean, so, you know. Lot well, talking of which, I just... I mean, I think it was accepted that Lucas Moore had a, a pretty good game yesterday. Yeah, he was, he was terrific. Quite a lot of people yeah. wanted him to be their man of the match, but, you know, sometimes the people that write the match reports are not the same people that um, also do the uh, player ratings. Mm. And uh, John West, who did the player ratings for the Telegraph, <laughs> well, despite the fact that Jason... John West. Yeah, John West. Really? Well, it's the players that he rejects <laughs> that makes John West the best. But um, Jason Burt, who wrote the report, had Lucas Moore in his team of the week. Yeah. Whereas John West said of Lucas Moore, a six. He gave him six. He, he rated Ser, uh, Sergio Reguilon, who barely touched the ball, really. Uh, he said, in the game, in intermittent bursts only. But it was his flick that started the move for the winning goal. Come on, John. I mean, it's not, I know it's What not. did he give Skip? I thought Skip had a... After a, his first involvement was a bit iffy, but he you know, and he gave yeah. away that free well, kick. Yeah, Skip but got I thought eight. he played really Skip well. Skip got eight, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it just proves it. Sometimes doing the old uh, player ratings. But I was, I was turned to Andy Russell earlier on. I remember an old Sampdoria player in tears at the training ground, I was told, because Gazetta Dillersport giving him a three. <laughs> you know, it's just... Um, you know, you shouldn't take the player ratings too seriously. Considering the, the Spurs City result was one nil mm. in in the Times today, Spurs got a combined rating of eighty four. Yeah, and City only sixty. It's normally closer. Yeah. I know City weren't great. They weren't, but uh, you know, there you go. Mm. Anyway, want some planning news quickly? Uh, it's going to be very quick. Oh, very quick planning news. I've saved you doing the trail. Uh, the Beckhams want a wildlife corridor. They want to build a wildlife, wildlife corridor of uncertainty. Well, exactly. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's yeah, right. so, <laughs> What's a wildlife corridor? A wildlife corridor is... Let's have a look. I wouldn't even care anyone to get that joke in. <laughs> Planning consent for bats. A haven for bats. Oh, don't bother about them. Look what trouble they've caused. Haven <laughs> for don't, birds. Don't turn on the bats now because England are losing. All bats. Not all bats are bad. Well, England's bats are bad. Yeah, England's bats are terrible, yeah. yeah. Well, certainly the people that are holding them. Yeah. Anyway, it's 12 for two. They're digging in. Good old Hasee Ramid. Hope he can That's stay it. out there. And, oh, yeah, I like the look of him. Um, and, yeah, he's... Um, anyway, let's let's see how they get on. It'd be great like a thing. proper batsman. Oh, having said that... Oh, having said that, oh, he's just <laughs> dropped. <laughs> he's just nearly got, nearly got caught just fishing at one, which is not yeah, particularly awesome. That wasn't dog. a great shot. No. Really, no. Anyway, they're still there for now, though, and we'll keep you in touch with that throughout the afternoon. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Let's just cross to Lords and check in with uh, John Norman and uh, Sarah England are faring. John? Uh, well, they're not faring particularly well, <laughs> um, truth be told, but it could be even worse. Mm. Hasib Hamid, uh, whose most productive scoring shot is the edge through the slips, 
has uh, been dropped, as you may mention, towards the end of uh, the, the last section. Um, and it was a regulation chance that should have been taken by Rohit Sharma do, diving to his left. Um, Hamid taking two runs uh, to move to six. His first scoring shot was an edge that just died on uh, on uh, Virat Kohli. And so he there scuttled through for one. At the other end, Joe Root is as uh, Joe Root does, playing a completely different game. He's eight not out, two fours, beautiful cover drive. And a pull shot that was so good that Virat Kohli was mimicking it, um, the ball afterwards. So uh, plenty on here at Laws with the crowd are getting properly involved. England are not going to win this game, but they've got 53 overs to bat out. They're 16 for two. Thanks, John. Mm. Uh, if they lose, I'm going to I'm going to write off for this reader's offer in the star. Mm. The seven chakras of happiness bracelet. Nice. <laughs> The vital spiritual energy of karma of the seven gemstones of destiny. Things like it's got a jasper, it restores your sense of financial security. No, it doesn't. It's a stone. How can it do that? <laughs> See, if you haven't got faith, as George Michael once said, we've got no chance, have we, Andy? Lapis lazuli boosts your self-esteem. What a player he? he was. He was very good. He was very good. Anyway, God. joining us now to tell us about his uh, return to uh, live performing... And indeed, his love of non-league football. Apparently, he is, he is joining us now in the stripes of Spennymore Town oh, FC. Really? Friend of the show, <laughs> yeah. comedian Jason Byrne. Good afternoon, Jason. Oh, hello, Paul and Andy. Oh, my God, it's really good to hear you. Except the only weird thing is I'm nor I normally get into the studio with you, mm. so it feels like I'm literally talking to the radio and it's answering me back. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird you think you've That's gone mad. So why, why Spennymore Town, uh, Jason? Yeah, so... I know all the different things that people have changed like over the lockdown, but what happened was I was gigging them, you know, cause they're up near Durham, mm -hmm. you know, that's where they are in County Durham. And, uh, I ended up, uh, becoming friends of, uh, uh, Bradley Groves, who who owns Spennymore, and I'd never heard of Spennymore, and I was going, "What's that?" And he goes, "Well, that's a that's me football team, Jason. That's Spennymore Town." And I was going, "Oh my god!" I says, "They sound amazing." So it ended up, I found out that Bradley like has a sports academy there. He's got like uh, the Grove Family Community Foundation that looks after uh, people in that area. And it's an amazing football. Uh, I just loved it because it's like five, it, you know, Bradley brought it up to like hardly anything to right up through the leagues. And mm. it's they're now in the uh, National League North and they're like, they're doing really well. So I just thought, oh, I'd love to be part of that. So oh now my. I'm so, so out of the fault, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Spennymore football town uh, uh, fan as well as a Man United fan now. Don't worry, everybody, calm down. We can do that in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, they won 2 well, didn't they? Beat Boston United, I'd say. Yeah. Top of your head, Andy, or didn't you look that No, up? I knew that. Do you follow the conference? I North do very much. Religiously. <laughs> no, yeah, listen, I, an yeah, Andy, Andy's right. I was told that by Bradley, and he says, we beat them. We beat Boston United, even though they had a new stadium. We didn't care. We still beat them. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It's nice to be looking out for someone else. And it's, it's on the way to Edinburgh if you're driving, I suppose. Yeah, and that's where I am now, lads. I've right. been, I'm in Edinburgh. Oh, my God. But it's, I'm just, I sound excited because mm. all mm. the sports is back. You know, everything's back and all the gigs are back. Mm. Oh, I went to Glasgow uh, for a day to do another radio show and the taxi driver said that he went into Celtic for the first time. Nearly 50,000 people there. Yeah. And uh, I asked him, who, did, who were they playing? And he went, oh, yeah, uh, oh, ooh, I don't know. He couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> Unless it's Rangers, he's not really bothered. No, no. But, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but it's interesting. So that I mean, was great. You are in Edinburgh, and, and I don't know, I mean, there are shows there, a lot of shows. I mean, what's it, what does it feel like compared to a normal Edinburgh? 
okay, so normal Edinburgh would be four weeks, nearly 4,000 shows a day. I think there's 70 shows here at the moment. Wow. And there's, you know, it's more or less, it, it looks like a working city right now as opposed to a festival city. But that's okay because it's all kind of baby steps. Because I hadn't been on the stage for a year and five months and I had to get on the stage. And the stage, my first four nights were in a car park here in Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the, a multi story car park. And there was only a roof on me and no roof on the audience. Uh, even though the Edinburgh has the most rainiest city ever, but it was amazing. Nobody cared. It didn't rain when I gig, thank God. And everybody, all the audience were just coming together like as one big group going, we don't care what you say or what you do, Jason. We're just delighted to be part of something that's happening. Mm -hmm. So now all the restrictions are lifted, lads. And I move into a venue uh, called the Corn Exchange uh, mm -hmm. next Wednesday. And so that's, we're all, it's all getting back slowly. But yeah, it is, it is weird to see, but you know, it's kind of good for me there's not 4,000 shows and only 70 because, you know, our, our tickets just sell out much quicker. Really? There's nobody you, else and, here. And then you're, going on, else. you're going, around, going on tour around the country then, Jason, is that right? Yeah, I'll be going around to all mm. the, yeah, on the British tour mm. to all the different, all the different uh, cities. I can't wait. It's like, I know what's really nice about all the British people. We had to cancel our tour, obviously, last year. And the, but we kept the exact same, you know, venues and the same tickets, like, and, but not one single British person asked for their ticket back. Oh. And they just said, well, we'll wait for you, Jason. That's and nice. they have. Good. Isn't that's, it? That's fantastic. That's a nice touch. Yeah. The show is called Audience Precipitation. Was it, is, is it, does it loosely have a theme? Yeah, the theme is nobody can pronounce that word, uh, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, so the, well, the thing is, is that, I can't really have a lot of the audience up on stage. So that's why I use the word precipitation because, mm. like, you know, when you say it rains, it just rains a bit. But the theme is that I'm actually, I've got like this kind of a slideshow up there as well. All the stuff that happened to me over the past year, five months, you know, like, mm. like my dad passed away. So we talk mm. about my dad quite a lot. And um, he, was in, he was in his 80s. Now, he died just before the pandemic mm. in, in uh, February. But like, so I was at his funeral. Well, I was obviously at his funeral because I'm his son. <laughs> but um, I, I just loved all the stories. Like, like people were telling me, I remember your dad. Uh, basically, we have this thing called communion or confirmation mm. in uh, the Catholic Church. I'm sure you know it well, Andy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's pretty similar. Don't worry yeah. about it. Similar, yeah, thing, yeah, similar all, things go on. Similar idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same stuff. So <laughs> my 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 mum wanted the bathroom done up in the eighties. She said it was too small. She wanted it bigger to be more guests. And my dad said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I think I can do that." And she went, "What well, without a builder?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You you go you you go on out." And my mum brought us to my auntie's for two days. Well, my dad supposedly extended the bathroom, but we went back and he brought us upstairs. He opened the door and all. All he did was he put up a mirror a huge mirror on one of the walls and to make the thing look bigger yeah. <laughs> that's clever that's Lawrence good. Llewellyn yeah, Bowen would be thinking. impressed with that wouldn't yeah, they? yeah yeah, that, he, <laughs> he, he, yeah he, he could have ended up on the new uh, uh, changing rooms um, yeah, yeah yeah definitely yeah. so uh, you, you asked it a Manchester United fan and we were saying earlier yeah. that was quite a statement of intent that big 5-1 against Leeds they look they look very good they played they did beat Leeds 6-2 last year but I thought they looked terrific yeah they did look good yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I have, I've had hardly any chance to watch them because I've been doing a, because I've been trying to write my show in absolute panic. Mm. So, so I was just like, I just had a glance at it. I went, oh yeah, lovely, that's it. I mean, but to, I mean, to to go all, I mean, I think, well, look, the la last year was pretty hard for all the teams because of the COVID. They kept getting different players in and out all the time. 
But now that uh, <coughs> that's gone, I think Man United have got a really good chance of winning the whole league now, I'm going to say. I'm going to have to say that. What do you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, they've got every chance. Uh, the yeah, thing yeah. is, you can't, out of the four or five that could win it or might win it, it's hard to say at this point. But they do, well, look, the, they do look really, really strong. Yeah, and of course, the world has changed a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Brentford lifting, lifting the tro- trophy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, mate, 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 they could do. They could do a Sheffield United, as Andy was saying yeah. earlier on. They could have a decent season. So uh, we shall see. Yeah, but look at they, yeah, they look at they did to Arsenal. Oh my yeah. God! Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like and and Man United didn't need to have two two against them or something. Yeah. I think somewhere. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, so, so them mm. and Spenny Moore, I'm going to be watching. Yeah. <laughs> gluing myself and then when I get to Durham I'm going to be able to go to a spending more match as well which is going to be first time well, that'd be third, which round, be really third good. round the FA Cup spending more town versus Manchester United <laughs> that's what you got to be looking for <laughs> yes. in the director's Perfect. box oh, holding yeah. it in the director's <laughs> box with uh, yeah, oh, I'll be totally see. confused who to cheer for I don't know what's going on <laughs> well good stuff Jason uh, best of luck with the tour good luck up in Edinburgh yeah. you're, you're at the corn exchange as you said until um, yeah, the 20th and, and if you go on to yeah, if you go on to www.jasonburn.ie, you'll see all the tickets for all the venues all over Britain and all over Edinburgh as well. Yeah, and you can Lovely. find Jason on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, B-Y-R-N-E. Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's the Jason Burn. You can go on and you can see why I was banned from TikTok because I can't oh. really say why. Yeah, oh, okay. so we can see why. Cheers, Jason. Yeah. All the best. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Andy. Take see you care. later. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. So uh, this evening in the British Open snooker, Rianne Evans and Mark Allen take each other on. Um, mm. uh, the, the added complication to this is that they were a couple, have a child together. There's been some issues around uh, child maintenance. I think it's very much a, a grudge match uh, yeah. when this uh, was drawn. I've got uh, a bit of snooker history as well. Which yes, about. indeed. Um, I think a whole, quite a few Hollywood screenwriters will be uh, watching this tonight. It does feel like the premise of a sort of Jennifer Aniston, Bradley Cooper type star movie, doesn't mm. it, really? Uh, but it'll be the World Championship of Paul, wouldn't it? I would imagine that they get drawn <coughs> each other in. Anyway, Hector Nunn's uh, snooker journalist joins us now. Good afternoon, Hector. Good afternoon, Paul. I mean, this is going to be so... I mean, both of them must have thought, oh, no. I mm. mean, it's, it's tough enough uh, anyway, um, but it, this this just it sort of layers on the complications, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, as soon as Rianne Evans earned this uh, two-year tour card, along with uh, Hong Kong's Nguyen Yi, uh, it was always a possibility. I think it was one that probably both players really didn't want to happen. I think the authorities could have really probably done without it as well and all the attendant publicity and uh, and, and great tact required in, in dealing with the with the tie. But yeah, here we are. It's uh, it's gonna be second match on tonight. So I think Judd Trump's on about seven o'clock and they'll be they'll be on after that. Um, uh, neither has spoken in the build-up. I think that's to, to be expected. Um, but it's you know it, it's a it's just something that doesn't happen very often in top-level sport. I think sort of man against woman in the first place doesn't happen very often. Mm. I mean, you could probably look at maybe equestrian sports, perhaps a bit of mixed doubles, but it just doesn't happen very much at the top level anyway. And then the fact that they have a you know had a personal relationship and and things have gone a little bit sour as well just adds that that extra bit of intrigue. And I think there'll be a, a big audience for that tonight. Even in April, wasn't it? The World Championships, there was an incident, wasn't there, Hector? That's right, there was. I, I mean, I, Rianne was working as a as a BBC pundit on that occasion, and in one of the one of the rooms, the um, one of the BBC studios sort of sits adjacent to a couple of the players' practice tables. So Mark Allen was in there practicing ahead of going out for for one of his matches, and uh, and, and Rianne Evans was there preparing for her 
for a punditry, as you know, as, as you would, it's in a sort of legitimate place of work. But he he felt it was a sufficient distraction that he he complained and asked for her to be removed. And slightly controversially, that was that was done by the the tournament organisers at the time. Um, I don't think she was particularly happy about that, and uh, it was reported that she was she was a bit upset and embarrassed. Um, I, I, there was some speculation when this draw came out that maybe one of them might might pull out. That hasn't happened, um, and so we're we're going to we're going to get the match. It's been described in various places as a some sort of ultimate grudge match, and uh, we're we're just going to have to see what happens. And and people will be looking for the, the handshake or or lack of one. I yeah. suspect. I mean, it's snooker a bit like darts in as much as there's, there's no real reason why a woman shouldn't be able to beat a man. It's not a physical thing, is it? No, very much so. I mean, uh, speaking to Mandy Fisher a couple of days ago, who's uh, the sort of president of the, the Women's World Snooker, and, and, and she made exactly that point. I mean, f- physiologically, there is absolutely no reason at all. I mean, I think if you look perhaps more sort of historically and culturally, uh, you know, there have been some very sort of sexist incidences of, of women players being banned from working men's clubs. And so there probably there's an opportunity thing that is historic there, um, which I think is, is, is definitely very much on the way out. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doesn't seem to be any real reason why it's a sport at which women shouldn't compete on a level mm. playing field with men. This is a big big game for Ian Evans and, and you kind of feel for her really because this, I mean, he's number 12 in the world. He's a very good player. So it would have been difficult for her anyway, but this piles the pressure on even more with a kind of sideshow of, of their relationship. It, it, well, it does, yeah. I mean, look, as you say, he, he's a massive favourite. I think he's something like 80 to 1 on with the bookies and, and, and Brianne is sort of 14, 16 to 1 to win the match, which in a best of five, um, in a very short snooker f- format, is much more of a lottery anyway. So, you know, he's a huge favourite. He's played very well. He got to the final of the last event uh, just last week. Um, he's one of the top players. He's won the Masters. So, you, you know, he's a very, very heavy favourite to win the match and probably win it well, sort of 3-0, 3-1. But as, I think if, if she were to win the first frame, then all of a sudden the enormity of what's going on and you know a lot of the, the media spotlight, which I'm sure you, you, know, you and a lot of the listeners have seen, uh, just might start to, to get into his head. And I think that, that would be about the most interesting. It's a bit like mm-hmm. a sort of a, in football, the outsiders getting the, getting the lead can make the game a lot more interesting. And I think that that's, could be what's required tonight to make, it, to make it a really intriguing clash. And there'll be a crowd mm-hmm. in for this, Hector, I take it? Yeah, there is a crowd in today. It's nice to nice to have the fans back in the snooker, as in in all sports mm. um, uh, and the football, of course. I mean, they've they've had something to cheer about already this afternoon because we, we, John Higgins has uh, made his twelfth uh, maximum one four seven of his career, so he's uh, he's edged ahead to second in the all time list, just ahead of Stephen Hendry and three behind Ronnie O'Sullivan, who's made the most of those uh, on fifteen. But yeah, the crowd uh, the crowd really add to that because they sense when a one four seven somebody's on one and they get to the last few balls and it creates a terrific atmosphere. So they really enjoyed that one from John Higgins earlier on. He won three one against Switzerland's Alexander Ersenbacher. And are they are they duty bound, Rianne and Mark, to come out and speak to you? Uh, after the game to speak to the press? So will you get some sort of reaction when, when it's completed? Uh, we, we we will. I think we've, we've had some sort of slight early indicators that, uh, that that perhaps they would rather speak only about the match. Um, right. I'm sure I'm sure they will be asked about the match, but I, I, I dare say one or two other questions might be thrown in and then it will be very much up to them whether they choose to answer them. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the more interesting aspects of what we could expect this evening, I think. Yeah, look, that's, we're wishing to uh, get the voyeurs, uh, voyeurs in on the action. Where, where, where will it be televised if people do, <laughs> if people do want to? Look, let's not mess around. Oh, people come are, on. People want... are going to be drawn let, to well, it. Let, 
yeah, let's not mess around. As you said, I mean, you know, I was talking to people like former world champion Sean Murphy have said to me that, you know, gruesome as it, as it may be, he's been watching it through his fingers because he yeah. knows both of them and he really wishes it hadn't happened. But uh, it'll be on ITV4 tonight and, uh, as I say, the second match on, so that match could be starting sort of any time between probably about sort of 7.45 and 8.30, I should think. Yeah, that Michael, ja- that Michael Jackson uh, <laughs> popcorn meme will be doing the rounds tonight, won't it? Definitely, yeah. 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 Well, enjoy it, Hector. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks very much. Will do. Thank you very much. So there we are. And now you know ITV4, should you so so wish this evening. Keep an eye on that. Rhian Evans versus Mark Allen. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. You watching the snooker tonight, Andy? I definitely am. Sorry. <laughs> definitely going to tune in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm back with Max tomorrow. Andy's back on uh, Thursday for the birthday spread in the studio Friday. Have a fine evening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.